I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Regularly Scheduled Programming, where we watch stuff and talk about it. I'm Joe. And I'm Ashley. And um, up front, the business, as usual. We've yeah. been gone for two weeks, so I forgot. Well, a week. Um, you can email us at gmail at regularlyscheduledpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at regularlyscheduledpod. Uh, follow us on Twitter at rsppod. And find us on Facebook at Regularly Scheduled Programming Podcasts. Just a note, uh, we did take last week off because of Easter. And I did post about it on Twitter and then posted that tweet on Instagram. So that those are going to be the two main platforms to find any news about yeah. us. And we also posted some tweets on our Twitter news related that we'll be talking about today. So... We're trying to maybe I should have uh, marked which ones we uh because uh, I think we just quote tweeted. Yeah. Or retweeted stuff. Yeah, we didn't. Anyway, we're, let's get into the news. OK, let's. Uh, let's there's quite the a news. bit of it because we missed we did not uh, podcast last week. <clears throat> so I have first here, which is now, you know, like two weeks old. Uh, <laughs> Walker Scoble has been cast as Percy Jackson in the Disney Plus series. Right. Which she is from. The Ryan Reynolds movie that we both really like. The Adam Project. Yes, The Adam Project. Um, that's very exciting. Yeah, so I don't know, outside of the uh, the live action movies that had come out already, mm-hmm. uh, that's about the extent I know of the Percy Jackson um, series of books and just the, the IP in general. Uh, so I don't know if this is a good casting for the way the characters described in the books or not. I don't know. I do know that I really liked him in The Adam Project, so... And I was already probably going to watch this uh, show. Same. It's not a book series that I am really familiar with, but I know that a lot of my friends that are into Percy Jackson seem to be pretty excited about his casting, even just based on his acting in The Adam Project. So I have faith that (laughs) my book people won't steer me wrong. (laughs) And if they think it's good casting, I and like I said, I really enjoyed him in the Adam Project. So, mm-hmm. all right. Next, again, this one's about a week old. Uh, Stranger Things season four trailer mm-hmm. uh, came out. We are it's being split into two parts. I don't know if they've done that before or not. I don't think so. I think um, the last three seasons came out all at once. But the the first part drops May twenty seventh on Netflix, and the second part comes out July first on Netflix. I don't watch Stranger Things. But you do. Correct. Yeah. So that's why I wanted you to talk about it in the news. Just um, I do need to go back and rewatch the first three seasons. But this fourth season looks pretty interesting. So 
Yeah, I mean, I watched, I think, three quarters of season one with you, and it's just, yeah, it's just not my thing. Yeah, and for me, like, I kind of powered through. I really enjoyed the end of season one, and I really enjoyed season two. To be honest, if someone asked me to explain season three, I probably (laughs) couldn't. So (laughs) that's why I'm kind of like, oh, I need to go back and watch that. But it's not a hard watch, so. Yeah. Um, I have here that uh, this is big news. Uh, the Batman will be on HBO Max on April 18th. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So yeah, that's what happens when <laughs> I take notes and then don't edit them before uh, <laughs> we start recording. But yeah, we watched it. We'll be talking about that in this episode. Definitely. Um, next, uh, Queer as Folk on Peacock on June 9th. I'm sure you're very excited about that. I am so excited. I loved uh, Queer as Folk. I know there was one, I don't remember if it was Canadian or UK, but there was that one. And then there was the one, I believe it was on Showtime before. Um, and now they're remaking it and it's going to be on Peacock and I am super excited. Yep. All right. After that, we finally got a teaser for Thor Love and Thunder. Finally, this thing was trending on Twitter so many times that when you came, I think you came and mm-hmm. told me and I had seen it trending on Twitter. You just didn't believe that was because no, of the trailer? No, I was like, why am I going to... You just thought it was trending because it was a bunch of people asking for the trailer? Or faking it or whatever it has <laughs> been the past weeks. But anyway, we finally saw, well... Not much of the story, but it looks freaking cool. Yeah, we got it's a sizzle reel. It's like, look at all these people you know and love coming back. And it's just meant to get you excited. Yeah, and happy to see the Guardians, Thor. We got some Jane action right there at the very end. Yep. So yeah, that I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Um, next, this one doesn't isn't up your uh, alley much but for me i'm excited uh we got a clip for shorzy which is a um spinoff from letter kenny uh hey. i love the letter kenny series and shorzy looks like it's going to be pretty funny hey i'm not you know into your letter kenny stuff but i got excited for you <laughs> <laughs> and i did watch that clip and it was funny so um after that we know that ted lasso season three has begun filming Yes, please bring this to me right now. (laughs) It was funny because the clips or like the three or four images they posted did have Nate in his suit that. Was it Nate? I don't know. I didn't see these images. Or if I did, I don't remember them at all. Anyways, he was wearing the suit that that girl picked out for him. I think he was wearing it like right at the end of season two. Oh, yeah, when he was named like coach of the other of that other team. Yeah. So I looks like they might be picking up right where they left off, which would be great. Okay, after that, uh we have a release date for the Orville season three. Finally. It, yeah, it will be coming out on June second. Um so yeah, this one was a show that is a show that we both very much enjoy. And I think that um Seth MacFarlane mm-hmm. is doing a really good job of making a legit sci-fi series with a co- uh, comedy spin. And it's kind of funny because like, it's very much a Star Trek parody. Right. 
but they're still like addressing topical social issues like Star Trek did. And it has its serious moments, but it, I mean, let me rephrase it. It, ha- it tackles serious topics, but in the Seth MacFarlane way, you know? Yeah, we both really like it. I did read that this might actually be a final season because no um, actors have signed additional or continuing contracts. But I also read that that was kind of on purpose to give people the chance to go do other things and then maybe come back. Mm -hmm. And I think I read that McFarland is doing another show with a couple of the actors um, in the Oroville. So I don't know. I'm excited that we finally got a date it's coming really soon lots of stuff coming out in june (laughs) uh now a big one Mm -hmm. we got trailer number two for lightyear oh my gosh this looks so good it like the last trailer we saw really didn't give us a lot about the movie but it made us excited as teasers do and then this one actually told us what's going on in the movie and it just makes me so excited even though it's not necessarily a new story yeah it's not the most original plot no but i mean i don't need original plot i just need plots to be executed well right and it looks like it's gonna be really fun mm-hmm. uh, definitely a movie we'll take our son to see so i'm i'm excited uh next one is more about me uh, but there was Wizards of the Coast did a D&D direct on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of different announcements for different things. Uh, campaign setting coming out that I'm super excited for. But here we talk about movies and TV. So on the movie front, we've known for a while that there's going to be a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I think we may have talked about it a little bit on the podcast when we were talking about um, The Legend of Vox Machina. But we got an official title which is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Hmm. We got, I don't remember if we had a hard release date yet, but it's going to be March 3rd, 2023. And for me, the most exciting uh, bit of information was we now know where it is set. Okay. So they had announced a while ago that there's going to be a Dungeons and Dragons movie. And, you know, some people were excited and stuff like that. I was excited, but I'm like, I need to know more. I want to know where this is going to be taking place because they own so many um, IPs that any of them would make for a great setting for a movie. And I think a lot of people suspected that it was going to take place in Faerun uh, or the Forgotten Realms setting, which is their kind of their flagship setting. Uh, It's kind of the default uh, setting for Dungeons and Dragons, Mm -hmm. but it's taking place in the Forgotten Realms in Faerun um, on the Sword Coast, which is one of their biggest name areas it's one of the most you know more people know that name than a lot of the other areas in that world okay uh some people are a little less than happy with that some people are very happy (laughs) with that i'm fine with it i just wanted to know where it was set so i can have an idea of what to expect from this right it seems like that would inform so is this um a streaming movie or is it going to be in the theaters um i don't know for sure i know paramount's doing it Okay, so um, it could I don't, be both. I don't know if they'll release it onto their streaming network. I think it, I mean, it was originally intended to be a theatrical release, but who knows now. Um, but I'm excited. More high fantasy, the better. Um, I'll watch it all. Some of it I like, some of it I don't like. Doesn't matter. Just keep making it. Yeah. Lastly, something you just uh, let me know about, I think yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. the time travel 
Yeah. The Time Traveler's Wife is going to be a series on HBO Max, and it is coming out May 15th. Right. Well, I just let you know about it because that's the first I had heard. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a book that I absolutely love, forced to rank top 10 books. Mm-hmm. Even though there'd probably be 50 books in my top 10, it would definitely make the list. <laughs> um i it's not 50 in your top top 10 you just have uh 40 (laughs) alternates or honorary mentions yes um the movie with rachel mcadams and eric Bana was good i thought they hit the points of the book the overall feeling of the book and all that but i will say it was one of those books when i was reading it like if they ever made something I would love for this to be a TV show because there is so much they could do. And also, like, the more books that get turned into series, they're just able to really expand so much on the world in a way that a movie can't. Yeah, and I think now it makes a big difference because in the past, if you were going to make a series, a lot of times you know, networks and stuff like that would want like 24 episodes to be, you know, a full season. Right. Well, some books can probably fill 24 hours worth of content without breaking a sweat. But then there are some books that would then have to pad. Whereas now a series can be like, look, we want to get this done in, you know, six hour long episodes per season. Or, you know, they can kind of dictate um, yeah, or what how many they're going to release and that's fine the only reason that it does kind of suck is because you kind of have to really pay attention to find out how many episodes are going to be in a thing but even then it's not that big of a deal because it's like i mean i don't know walking into a series that you're watching and then you realize that it's the final episode <laughs> of that season it might be a little jarring but but yeah i don't know i think well, we're I think- definitely seeing a shift to series over movie i think for some things Well, I think people are more willing to invest the time in a series than they have been before because a lot of the time it's bingeable, Mm -hmm. um, depending on the network. Yeah. And I agree. Like, I do like to go into a show and knowing like, okay, so for example, Moon Knight, we know it's only six episodes. Mm -hmm. That's good information to have knowing that we just finished the fourth episode this week. Yeah. We only have two left. You know, Ugh. or like with This Is Us, you know, OK, we know we're getting 18 episodes this season. So you kind of have a frame of reference for like kind of what's happened and what what may be coming and how much time mm-hmm. that is. And I don't know. I just I definitely feel back to the point is that I've always felt that the time traveler's wife could have done more with the story in a longer format. Yeah. I think that. I think the reason the movie worked. Is because the book had such a massive fan base. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that lightly. Because I do very much take. Books and movies as separate entities. As much as I can. But again it's like. Because I read the book. And it was just so amazing. When I got out of the movie. I was like that was great. But. I wish I had more with these two characters because you have, for those that don't know, you have a woman who has known this time traveling man her whole life. They fall in love over the course of time, obviously, but she meets him at different points of his life because he has a genetic disorder that causes him to travel time. (laughs) 
And so, you know, when she's a little girl, she meets him as an adult. And then it kind of just he pops in and out of her life. And I just it's heartbreaking and it's beautiful all at the same time. And I definitely feel like this year, a series is the better way to go for this because you can tell that story. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say in a more lifelike way because it's a book and that's literally not a thing, but it's just a way to kind of get you into the story more. Yeah. So I'm very excited about it and I didn't even know it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so that is actually it for the news. Yeah. Uh, given really, how much we went over, we went pretty quick. <laughs> we really ran through that. Sorry uh, if that felt like rapid fire, but we got we got a lot to talk about on this we have episode. Two weeks so. worth of shows. Yeah. So why don't we take a quick break? Hopefully, Hopefully. there's an ad. <laughs> Still working on that. Honestly, it works sometimes, it doesn't, but either way, we get up, we take a quick break, we come yeah. back. So <laughs> Okay, so uh quick break and then we're gonna come back and you're gonna talk about one thing you watched, and then we're just gonna jump right into what we watched. Because there is a lot. All right. Be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. And we're back. All right. So normally we would talk about the things that we watched uh, individually, but because we have so much to go over because that we watched um, together because we did not record last week, we are going to skip it with the exception of you wanted to talk about the ultimatum. Right. And the only reason is because I covered it so extensively in the last podcast. So I will try to bring this together quickly. Um, okay. So... What we know is that uh, Shanique and Randall got engaged and they came to the reunion together. April and Jake broke up, but they also came to the reunion together. And Ray and Zay were broken up by the end of the show. Um, so Ray and Jake meet up after... Ray and Zay officially, like, break up at the end, and Jake gets them tickets to anywhere in the world, but turns out they did not go on that trip. They actually kind of, they, I mean, they were never really together, just trying to figure things out, how they would work in what reality stars call the real world, <laughs> which is when they're not being filmed. Um, and actually, Ray came out as bi and said that she was exploring relationships with women for the first time in her life and good for her yeah yeah um 
Madeline and Colby were engaged and they actually got married the same day as they got engaged. Uh, Colby surprised her with a minister mm-hmm. and they got married and Colby. Oh, no. Sorry. Colby's the man. <laughs> Madeline's the woman. Um, they actually came to the reunion and she was seven months pregnant. And there was a lot of controversy about this because originally um, it came out that the show was recorded six months after the reunion, but it was actually, I think, like they said, nine months after. So there was some discrepancies in the timeline. The show was recorded nine months before the reunion. Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Either way, there was some discrepancy and... People were (laughs) guessing about the parentage of Madeline's child, but they did. Even the show was like, no, it was recorded X amount of months Mm -hmm. post the last episode. So everything's (laughs) it's Colby's baby. Everyone calm the fuck down. (laughs) Okay. People just love controversy. (laughs) And, um, even though Shanique and Randall did get engaged on the last episode, it sounds like they broke up for a few months and uh, kind of to do the ultimatum without the cameras on their own terms, etc. But it actually kind of ended on a happy note for them. Maybe they might end up back together. Who knows? So either way, the ultimatum, marry or move on. Will I watch a second season? Absolutely. It was a goddamn shit show and I loved it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So that's the only thing I wanted to talk about. And why don't we talk about Scream 3, 4, and 5? Okay. Uh, So, yeah, we decided to go through all the Scream movies. Yeah. As of last uh, episode, we had made it through 1 and 2. We still needed to watch 3, 4, and 5, which we did last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We finished them before we would have recorded the next episode. It's just we didn't yes. watch the next episode or we didn't do the next episode because of Easter. Yeah. So <clears throat> what is there to say about number three? Jane, Silent and Bob were in it. And actually, uh, Jay did have some lines, which I didn't remember. He thought that uh, Gail was uh, Connie Chung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Screen three. I mean, they are in Hollywood. Yeah. Had Scott Foley in it. Had Scott Foley. Which we love from the unit. We love him. He. He was the villain. He was the villain. Uh, Sid's half brother, apparently. Yes. And we find out that uh, Sid's mom, Maureen Prescott, had gone to Hollywood uh, prior to Sid, of course. And mm-hmm. then it uh, sounds like she got used up pretty bad in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, but that. it was good. I think it was on par with all the others. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, uh, same with number four. Yeah. Uh, which um, I think was a little bit ahead of its time because it was all about like, well, not all about, but like Sid's cousin was the one of the murderers. Yeah, Emma Roberts. And she was all about like being internet famous. Yeah, it honestly, I feel like they could have made it today and it would have had a way bigger impact mm-hmm. because I feel like even when it came out, being internet famous wasn't it was kind of just starting to be a thing yeah you know so but it was good Mm -hmm. and it placed it took place back in uh woodsbury woodsboro Woodsboro, sorry (laughs) 
So let's talk about Scream 5. I really liked it. I liked it, um, but I did have one note and spoilers if you haven't seen it. But again, we spoil mm-hmm. everything here. Do you think that Dewey had to die? Because I think we both landed on he did, right? Well, it's not that I feel like he did, but based on the rules that they set forth in a requel mm-hmm. uh, in the movie, then yeah. And I think die. that's the only way you get Sydney to come to Woodsboro. Yeah. So because the whole thing is this killer is trying to recreate kind of. So, yeah, their motive, the motivation for this one is that the stab movies mm-hmm. um, have gotten ridiculous. And by their estimation, they don't cater to the true fans, right. which I think is which... a great commentate commentary for uh, fandoms in today's world. Again, just the screen movies who knew social commentary i mean the fans of scream movies yes but i just think even more rewatching them now it's like oh wow these movies were really on topic yeah you know um my biggest criticism with scream 5 was the random um interjection of the main character i don't remember her name but her like hallucinating her dad so her dad is uh billy yes he's one of the killers in the first one yes um and she apparently Apparently billy got someone pregnant yeah (laughs) but she will occasionally see him and like have conversations with him which she takes medication for and stuff like that but it's just i don't know it didn't add anything to the story or the movie for me well that and they never really fully explained it i feel like it was just a thing yeah which, and there's nothing wrong if people see people, but I also feel like in a movie, there typically is something there. Yeah. So it was uh, interesting. I mean, Sydney and Gail are still alive, so yeah. who knows where we go from here. Do I think there's already scream? talk about <laughs> another one. I feel like given how well these movies are written, how prescient they are, I feel like they could keep going. Yeah. I mean, they're still making Halloween movies and I don't know if they're still making Saw movies, but I feel like they ran those fairly into the ground. So, yeah, either way, the horror genre definitely does sequels differently than other movies do sequels. So and given, like I said, how on topic and prescient these movies are, I feel like they could kind of just keep going. Mm hmm. As long as the actors want to, of course. <laughs> yeah. So I think the best way for us to move forward, because we're going to get into the shows now. Oh. I think we just double them up. We talk about This Is Us as a whole, Moon Knight as a whole, Halo, Picard. And then we'll end with the Batman. I agree. Um, I have a lot to say about last week's episode of This Is Us. This week's This Is Us, I only... Well, I guess I did watch it twice because I watched it when you watched it. But mm-hmm. not as much to say. But let's let's go ahead. <laughs> okay, so last week's episode was basically about the demise of Kate and Toby's so, marriage. Just real quick, the the episodes we'll be talking about is this is a season six, episode twelve, Katobi, and season six, episode thirteen, Day of the Wedding. So, yeah, we get to see this kind of back and forth, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, of what leads to Kate and Toby getting a divorce. 
we start at the day of the wedding or the morning of the wedding. And mm-hmm. from there, it kind of works back. But then we also get um, from when last we left the characters moving forward a bit. Right. So the episode starts with a phone call that Kate receives on her wedding morning from Toby mm-hmm. and basically saying, like, do you remember what you told me the day we got divorced? Mm-hmm. And you said that basically that. Um, so the. Well, I wrote it down. I'm just trying to read my own oh, okay. crappy handwriting. Um, maybe we were meant to be together, but we're meant to be apart. You know, mm-hmm. at the time we were meant to be together. Now we're meant to be apart and that you'll see it one day. And he basically was calling her that morning to say that she was right. And so we kind of like because well, he told her when they signed their papers, he said, I'll never see it. I'll way. never see it. Like he was very much like obviously a party to the divorce, trying to do mm-hmm. the right thing for the kids. They only went through mediation. It doesn't look like it was messy at yeah. all, um, which thank God for that. Like. Thank you, This Is Us writers, for not dragging us through a horrible divorce. But yeah, Toby clearly wasn't happy about it, you know? Yeah, there was a point where um, they had been split up. Toby was living in his own place, and he Mm -hmm. was getting better with the kids. And even he was like, you know, this is working. We can work through this. Let's, you know, get back together, essentially. Yeah, and Kate... Sorry. Yeah, we also get to see... um, did you have a thought? Because I, well, I was just say because Kate's the one that kind of pulls the plug. Like Toby's yeah. very much like, let's go back to counseling. So that's another thing. We see them in counseling, um, trying to work through things yeah. here. Um, really, it, the writers did a great job simultaneously of getting us to see how Toby and Kate don't work. Wow selling us on philip yes um because we definitely see more of like a philip and kate courtship we see the abridged version yeah like the day that um kate gets divorced um philip meets her outside Mm -hmm. of this like karaoke bar and they go in and sing tub thumping which okay so i never thought of it as like a particularly romantic song or the kind of song you would sing when like you're down and out and trying to get back up. But when you listen to the lyrics, I mean, that's not what the song is about, but I could definitely see why they use the song. Yeah. Um, we also saw Philip proposing to Kate with the kids and it was adorable. Yeah. Um, but back to, Oh, and, uh, Madison's also pregnant at Kate and Philip's engagement party. We see mm-hmm. that as well. So, it seems like her and Elijah are married. Yeah, she, as we'll find out, well, concretely uh, in the next episode. Yeah. She is um, out of the running as uh, <laughs> the potential final uh, person for Kevin. It Here's the thing. It definitely seems that way. And honestly, Elijah seems to really love Madison in the way that she's always hoped to be. Yeah. And as a Madison fan, I'm very happy for her. <laughs> there was one moment with Kate and Toby. It was kind of Kate's ultimate, like, okay, we can't do this anymore. Because at the end of the last episode, Toby, or sorry, Kate had this moment with Kevin where she was like, when will I know that it, I'm done? Yeah. And Kevin was like, you'll know. Yeah. You know, 
And there was this moment where Kate and Toby, the <clears throat> the counselor asked them, basically, when was the last time you two had dinner together? So they have this dinner together. And of course, they start arguing. And Kate, I mean, there's no other way to put this. She's criticizing the way Toby put um, their daughter to bed. Mm-hmm. And because it's not the way she does it. And Toby says, well, I do it all the time. And she's like, no, you don't. You know, so it's yeah. just this parental stuff. And Toby says, you suck the joy out of being a dad. Um, Which is brutal. Yeah. Um, and that Kate says, you know, you look miserable anytime you're in the room with us. And Toby's like, I look miserable because you are in the room. And then he says, my only crime is not being Jack Pearson. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, knife right in the heart. But the thing yeah, is, brutal. he's not necessarily wrong. Kate measures all men on a Jack Pearson scale. Mm-hmm. Some of it is because her dad and her had a very special relationship. Some of it's probably because she lost her dad so young. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I think he, Toby's not wrong. And I really think that like, it's because of Toby that Kate could let herself fall in love with someone like Philip later. Like she kind of, maybe she worked through those feelings a bit. We didn't see that, but I can just assume because Philip just seems like a normal guy. Yeah, there's a really good um, scene where we get to see Kate and Philip's uh, first date. Mm-hmm. And Kate gets emotional and has to step outside. And a little bit later, Philip comes out and they have a conversation. And Kate's basically just like, you know, I've seen the women that you date and they're, you know, Nothing gorgeous, like <laughs> thin, all this kind of stuff. She's like, so what is it that you see in me? And the writers knocked it out of the park with this one because Philip then explains what happened with his um, his wife. previous wife um, and their troubles and stuff like that. And that I don't think that's as important as what he does say. Um, no, I think I think Kate says, what are you looking for? Yeah. And he says, I'm looking for happiness. Yeah, because and, he did have that with his first wife, who we also find out was blind. Mm hmm. Um, but that their marriage kind of crumbled because of IVF. Yeah. Which is also something that Kate can relate to having gone through IVF herself mm-hmm. and, um, almost losing baby Jack. Yeah. But so, yeah, he, you know, she asked, what is it that you're looking for? And he basically says, I'm looking for happiness and yeah. you make me happy. Yeah. Because in that situation, it's very easy for the writers and very typical for the writers to just say, you know, oh, well, it doesn't matter to me what you look like or I see you as beautiful regardless of all your, you know, the things you think are wrong with you. You know, those are very typical ways to write that kind of scene. Yeah. And the thing is, there wouldn't have been anything wrong with that. But the fact that. It, they it, just it boiled it down, down to, to its just essence. being happy. It, they boiled it down to its ultimate essence. And I think they did a great job with that scene and like his face while he's saying it it's just it's all beautiful um we also get a really cute meet cute moment with toby and his new partner yeah um they meet at a coffee shop they both go for the last parfait toby makes a dorky joke she makes a joke back you can clearly see toby's like oh shit (laughs) and then finally we see 
old Kate. <laughs> yeah. We get this flash forward to the future. Uh, Kate, Philip, Toby, and his new partner are older. Mm-hmm. Um, in a bar, bar type of some situation. kind, seeing Jack perform. Yeah. And it was just so lovely to know that, number one, that Kate's alive at an old age. We had not seen yeah. her in Kevin's compound yet. So there was all sorts of theories, including for me, that she must be dead mm-hmm. because she's not here. Yeah. Um, there, there was also a really cute um, moment in that shot. So previously in the episode, Toby's bringing, dropping the kids off and they're both asleep. And mm-hmm. uh, Toby carries Jack into bed and kate and toby are putting him in bed covering him up and jack wakes up for a hot second and he says oh you guys are together you're both here yeah and then when we get to the flash forward where we're seeing the four of them in um in that bar and jack comes in he they call back to it and he says oh you're both here yeah it was just it's really heartwarming especially i mean we're both children of separated parents and it's just really nice always kind of to see parents that can get along even after they're separated (laughs) um so yeah in order to try to get through all that we have to get through we should move on to the next episode of this is us yeah so that's the morning or well the day of kate and philip's wedding Mm -hmm. um first of all rebecca's getting worse yeah we are a few years into the future we find out that Randall's elected as a senator. It sounds like he recently got sworn in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of little jokes here and there about that, which were kind of funny. Um, in the past, we see there was kind of this comment. I think it was back in season two about the fact that Rebecca had gotten like a short haircut. Yeah. Well, we see the Princess Diana haircut. It's not good, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Mandy Moore is beautiful. Even she couldn't pull it off. <laughs> it was not good. Yeah. So a lot of this episode was about Rebecca. Yeah. Um, Even I mean, there's there's side there's there's side plots and B and C plots like uh, Madison and Beth uh, trying to figure out who was in Kevin's room that. The oh night my before. god! The friendship I did not know that I needed coming into this show way too late. <laughs> yeah. But Beth. Uh, and anybody yeah. is Beth gets great. along with everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is about Rebecca and showing that she's getting worse and how people are dealing with it. And one of the one of the biggest and I would think one of the hardest things about it was she keeps confusing Kevin for Jack. Yeah, that was really hard. And apparently that's kind of a newer thing. They're saying like it only has been happening recently. Yeah. But at least recently, as far as like Randall having been busy with all well, of his right. stuff. And I will say that Randall kind of back to his old tricks. It's, he Randall's it. He's he, Randall. He's he's thinking about how do we fix it? Right. And, you know, at one point he sees some medication and it ends up being Miguel's mm-hmm. for blood pressure, I think is what we saw. But Miguel, think so. Miguel isn't a young man. Yeah. Like at this point. Rebecca's probably closing in on her her 80s, which means Miguel's definitely in his 80s. Yeah. And he's taking care of Rebecca, as far as we know, pretty much by himself. Maybe it sounds like Kate and Philip 
and Kevin even kind yeah, of yeah. I'm sure at the very I'm sure worst case scenario, Kevin just pays for a um a live in nurse or something. Yeah, but it was not easy to watch. And then yeah. it, um they also split up the wedding. They did all the photos in the morning, and then they did the ceremony later to kind of give Rack. Rebecca time to rest. wind down and rest. Yeah. Uh, we get a really cute scene with uh, Nikki, his wife, uh, Miguel, and Rebecca playing cards. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Rebecca does not have any issue. Like, I really thought that Rebecca was going to mistake Nikki for Jack. Mm-hmm. But because, like, in the future, we've seen him with a wedding ring, but we also see him by Rebecca's bedside. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, like in my head, I was like, oh, she must think he's Jack. But then it seems like she's mistaking Kevin for Jack, yeah. which, as you pointed out while we were watching the episode, we already know that Kevin shares similar like mannerisms mm-hmm. to yeah, Jack. Yeah, uh, Miguel uh, in a previous season when Kevin really wasn't that friendly to him, yeah. was letting Kevin know how hard it is. Uh, because Kevin reminds him so much of his best friend. Yeah. So yeah, it's. And um, I don't know if that's an uncommon thing. I mean, I don't feel like Kevin and Jack favor in looks, but they definitely have a quality, you yeah. know. Um, and then there was this scene with Randall and Miguel, and Miguel has tremors in his hand, and Randall kind of calls it out, and Miguel. Yeah, Randall just won't let it go. And Miguel's like, I just wanted one day. I wanted to drink wine and appreciate it with someone that appreciates appreciates it the way that I do. And just be Miguel, you know, yeah. not Rebecca's caretaker. And I feel like that's also something that people that have people they take care of full time probably can relate to. You know, they just want to be a person mm-hmm. for one day that's like their own person. So... I don't know. Well, where we go from here is we go backwards because next episode we're going to see the day before the wedding. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to see what leads up to. So in the episode, they established that there are three potential candidates for Kevin. There is Cassidy. (laughs) There is Sophie. And then the wedding singer. So we were told that it seems like Sophie and Kate have kind of rekindled a friendship, which is mm-hmm. why Sophie is at the wedding. Cassidy is there because she came as Kevin's plus one as mm-hmm. a friend. Like they point that out in the show. Then we have the wedding singer who is a friend of Phillips. Yeah. Who, as far as we know, this is the first time they've met. I will just say they worked hard to get me on board with Philip. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think they have time to do that for Kevin. So, with the new. Yeah. Yeah. She either has to be amazing or it has to be Cassidy or Sophie. Sophie makes the most sense in terms mm-hmm. of the story. They've gone back and forth. But last we saw, Sophie's married. Yeah. I don't want them to do that to Sophie and Kevin. Yeah, there there is a um interesting um scene where Kevin takes Rebecca for a walk. Mm-hmm. And she's asking him how he's doing. And he says that he had kind of a rough night and he starts talking about it, uh, that he has troubles in the romance department or something like that. And Rebecca slips back into thinking that he's Jack and says, like, you know, he just needs a little bit of time to work things out with Sophie. 
And they got uh, they got married so young. Yeah. Um, and I can't help but think that that is not on purpose. Like, yeah, kind of. I don't know. To me, it's like, you know, even though she is not there all the time, she's still um, not clear on what she thinks, but like what she thinks still matters. Yes. And that's her kids. Yeah. Um. Also, I feel like. I feel like the writers put a nail in the coffin of Kevin and Cassidy mm-hmm. a few episodes back by having Cassidy being like, no, this is not a thing. Not saying that, I mean, it's been a few years, so it could be a thing. You know, she, it sounds like they started a business together or he, he owns a business. She helps run it, whatever the case may be. But either way, I just... I wanted it to be Madison, obviously. It's mm. not, and I'm happy for Madison. I I still feel like it shouldn't be Sophie for a few different reasons. I feel like they've kind of gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. But also because of that, I want it to be Sophie. Because yeah. then it's kind of like it's always been Sophie. You know? Mm-hmm. They just, like Rebecca said, they had to figure it out, work their way back to each other. They got yeah. married way too young. Um, but I guess we will hopefully find out for sure next week. Yeah. The episode, like I said, is going to be called the day before the wedding. Mm -hmm. And then the episode after that, I'm bracing myself for is called Miguel. And I just have a really bad feeling about that episode. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. All right. Let's move on to Moon Knight. Okay. So So we have, sorry. Go ahead. We have Moon Knight, Season 1, Episode 3, The Friendly Type, and Season 1, Episode 4, The Tomb. Yes. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to (laughs) remember what happened from one episode to the next. The biggest thing for me in not this week's episode, but last week's, there were two. Number one, there's this scenario or this sequence of events that they're going through where Mark and Steven are switching control over um, the body, I guess, or switching you know places as the dominant personality. And at one point, there's an incident where it looks like one of them has killed a few people. Yeah. And Mark like jumps back in and he's like, Steven, what did you do? And Steven's like, it wasn't me. You did it. So right. they're is possibly a third um, personality in there. Yes. Which is very interesting. And then at the end of that, at the end of that episode, we, they do something. So Khonshu basically turns back the sky. So it looks like it did on a specific date so they can figure out where Amit's tomb is. Right. And because of that, um, basically the other gods, uh imprison Kanshu, which takes away the powers that he granted to Mark slash Steven slash question mark. Yeah, they imprisoned him in stone. I also wrote down, which I don't remember this honestly, but I wrote down that there was a trial before the gods against Arthur and it failed. Yes. So one of the ways that Kanshu and Mark were trying to resolve this situation is to call forth i think they refer to it as the council mm-hmm. in which case in which they would be able to plead their case to get the gods to intervene to stop arthur right 
well, it doesn't exactly go the way they thought. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like the biggest st- takeaway from that episode was that there are potentially three personalities. Yes. In Mark slash Stephen. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Mark is the main personality. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and that you know he lost his superpowers. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's mortal now. <laughs> Yeah, it's still such a great show. Um, I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail on the next episode. It's great. There's some really good like Tomb Raider kind of stuff with them finding Amit's tomb. And it's actually Alexander the Great's tomb. Yes. You find out, which is kind of cool. But we do end up um, in this scenario where Mark Stephen <laughs> gets <laughs> shot. Yes. And it seems as though he is dying and then he kind of wakes up and it looks like he's in a mental uh, institute, mental facility. And you're seeing a lot of things that can be related to like some kind of delusion on this person's part. Like you see a lot of the actors that played different parts, like uh, the two I remember specifically are the cops Mm -hmm. from previous episodes. They're there as orderlies. You see uh, his wife's, uh, is it Amy? Yeah. She's a, she's a patient there and all these other things. You see a guy pushing a cart of cupcakes because there's a cupcake truck in a previous episode. So it um, really looks like Mark slash Steven has an action figure of Moon Knight. That looks like Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah it kind of looks customed. They should get on selling that. They are. I feel like. Oh, OK. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they announced it, I think, a couple weeks ago. Oh. Uh, well, just a Moon Knight action figure. Um. But and then he goes and has like a session with a therapist or psychologist, psychiatrist, whichever it is. And it's Arthur. Well, it's Ethan Hawke. We don't know. I don't think his name is Arthur in that instance. Yeah. So it's like, what's what's going on? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So um, and in this scenario, Mark, he is Mark. Yes. And he tries to he breaks out of the office when he's having his session with Ethan Hawke. And he's running and all this kind of stuff. He ducks into a room to hide. And inside of the room is a sarcophagus. Yes. And there's pounding and stuff like that. Mark opens the sarcophagus and out pops Stephen. Yeah. They are as two separate, you know, Mark and Stephen are now two separate people. Yes. So they're like, what's going on? You know, whatever they're, and they're trying to escape. The biggest takeaway from this whole scene, well, not the biggest, but one of the most interesting is, is as they are trying to make their escape, they're moving down the hall and there is a door open to another room. And in that room is a sarcophagus with somebody beating against it, trying to get out. Yeah. Which we both kind of think is that third personality. Yeah. And like at the or that end, third consciousness or whatever it may be. At the end, they look very startled. Yeah. Like something happened. Um, again, reminder, we have never read the Moon Knight comics. I am purposefully staying away or keeping myself from reading further about what it it is exactly mm-hmm. because I don't want to accidentally spoil myself because this show is crazy, yeah. <laughs> but in a good way, like there's always so much going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it does make it a little bit hard to talk about because there is so much going on. Yeah. Um, there's never a second where like you better flip your phone upside down. Don't get distracted because you'll blink and miss something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so ultimately we're still absolutely loving this show. And we only have two episodes left. Yep. Which is another reason why it's good to know how many episodes are in a show going in. Yeah. <laughs> because the thing is, we know hopefully two more episodes to go, 
uh, we'll have resolution. We'll kind of know what's going on. Because mm-hmm. as far as we've heard, this is a one season show. So. Yeah. All right. So Halo. Halo. So last week's episode, again, we were not overly enthusiastic about. So we're talking season one, episode four, Homecoming, and season one, episode five, Reckoning. Yeah. So these last, so let's see, that was three. So no, four, four, episodes four, three, and two was a lot of just information and setup. Yeah, there were so many times where, look, I'm not going to deny that sometimes I fall asleep watching things. Sometimes it's because I'm tired. Sometimes it's because things are boring. This was specifically because I was just not entertained. Yeah, they and there were some very small actiony type bits in those episodes from what I remember, but like I need, I just need it paced a little bit better. It's not that the information that we're getting is bad or that it's boring or anything like that. I just want those. I want the, the information sections punctuated with something to really get me excited. Yeah. Um, the one takeaway I had from homecoming was that Kai had seen master chief take out his chip. Yes. And so she also takes out her chip and then she like dyes her hair with what I found out in this week's episode was gun. Gun grease. Gun grease, which I didn't know that before. I had no idea what it was. I told you it was gun grease. I was falling asleep. Either way. Um, (laughs) Either way, she's not chipped anymore. So she's very much having her own thoughts. Yeah, she's yeah. She's kind of in the same place that Master Chief is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the nice thing is, is that this week's episode had a really good action sequence, uh, at the end. Yes. Uh, unfortunately they lost the artifact, but so yeah, it's, and, um, this week we kind of saw a confirmation that master chief slash John was kidnapped yeah was taken from his family to be part of the Spartan program. It seems like, well, right. Cause it, um, I can't remember the doctor's name, the blonde doctor. Halsey. 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 Whatever. Either way, we see them like touring this planet that John and his family live on. And she, well, there's this scene where John saves the kid from falling off this like really high log bridge, I think Mm -hmm. is what it was. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. I mean, it also kind of seemed like just a place for the kids to play. Yeah, I don't know. It was interesting either way um and she saves him or john saves him and you can kind of see something um also the kids are all at the school where like they're learning how to it's it's like a i think they refer to as like a ground first approach to education or ground up or something they're learning a lot of things so i think they're trying to like terraform this planet or something along those lines or make it you know and grow food make, and make it habitable or something like that. The teacher did make a comment about how extremely empathetic all of the children are. Um, and I think that does kind of say a lot about who John was before all the Master Chief brainwashing. Yeah. Um, also, I did. <laughs> we're watching the episode and every single time we watch this show, I'm thinking that guy looks so familiar and I never could place it and I never bothered looking it up because, again, I was bored 
And I'm like, well, it doesn't matter who he is. But this episode, he made a few smirks or something. And I looked it up and realized that he is the same guy that plays Porn Stash in Orange is the New Black, <laughs> who is a character that I love to hate. But either way, it doesn't have anything to do with anything. <laughs> I just, it was a recognition yeah. I had. So I'm still interested enough in the show to keep watching. Well, now I'm like, okay, we had some action. Mm-hmm. We had some conflict between, um, what's the villain villains called? The Covenant. The Covenant and the UNSC. I think. Yeah, the UNSC. They, like Joe said, they took the artifact. Um, we also see that the human girl that's been staying with the Covenant or is with the Covenant got left behind Mm -hmm. i assume on purpose yeah (laughs) because it seemed like she was preparing herself for it and then they dropped her Mm -hmm. essentially um so now i'm kind of like why did they do that what's yeah just what's going going on here it's yeah i'm I'm still interested i'm not like i don't eagerly await the next episode when we finish one but you know, we'll just wait and see how it finishes out. I can't guarantee that I'm locked in and we'll watch everything that they produce that's Halo, but I mean, I'll finish the season at the very least. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely like, if this episode's like the last three, I'm just going to tell Joe he's on his own. <laughs> and if he thinks I should finish it, I will on my own time. But um, this episode definitely pulled me back on board. I have questions, which means I want to watch the other episodes all right moving on to picard yes do you want to lay down the episode numbers and names (laughs) since i'm actually remembering to prompt you with it this time i do so picard season two episode seven monsters and picard season two episode eight mercy so yeah episode seven was Kind of a crazy episode. You're basically venturing through Jean-Luc's subconscious. Yes. And it is wild. Ultimately, basically, you you learn that Jean-Luc has a very skewed um, perspective on what his childhood was like. And kind of yes. purposefully so. I mean, I think with all kids, especially, it seems like Jean-Luc's mom might have been uh i don't know a polite way to put this so well well, let's (laughs) jean-luc doesn't have the best opinion of his dad he thinks his dad did some not so nice things to his mom ultimately what jean-luc's john jean-luc discovers is that his dad purposefully didn't tell jean-luc about some things just to try to make it so that jean-luc didn't have a bad um didn't have bad memories of his mother but ultimately it seems like his mother was maybe like bipolar or something along those lines and Jean-Luc's dad was trying to you know keep Jean-Luc safe but also not have to not to also so that Jean-Luc wouldn't have to see her in those like manic episodes and stuff like that yeah I think it seems like Jean-Luc's dad was doing the best to let his mom still be a mom while mm-hmm. trying to manage her illness. And I think, you know, I've read about about this. And it seems like that happens a lot with, especially really young children. Like, they just, they only remember the fun parts. Mm-hmm. Which, that's part of 
the bipolar disorder. Yeah. It's like, you know, of course the child is going to love a parent who's a hundred mm-hmm. all the time and wanting to do all these fun, amazing things. And you have the parent, Picard's dad, who is very much trying to keep things under control. Yeah. You know, um, so that was a really interesting thing. We also find out that um, Talon, Talon, Talon is a Romulan. Oh, yes. We find that out for sure. Yeah. Which so, we but they, thought she was. They, but... I think Jean-Luc or um, even she makes a comment about how she could be like a ancestor of um, Talus. I don't, remember. I don't remember her name, but either way, the, the woman that Jean-Luc knows from his time and his life. Yeah, and she went into Picard's subconscious to try to pull him back out. Yeah. Um, See, so that was those were the big takeaways. Uh, we also Jean-Luc also goes back to Guinan uh, mm-hmm. to see if she can help with their situation. Yeah, you know, what's going on. And she does have a way to try to summon a cue. Mm hmm. Uh, and which they do, which appears to not have worked, but somebody does come in and it's an FBI agent who has footage of Jean-Luc, uh, Jean-Luc teleporting to, uh, Guinan's, um, uh, uh, bar yes. and they get taken in and that's where we kind of leave the episode. Well, I did really quickly want to say that we do get some scenes with Gerardi slash the bar queen. Gerardi? Gerardi, sorry. Where she like... I don't want to say she fully assimilates Gerardi because she's still yeah. in there, but she basically takes over she as has like the main pretty conscience. much full control. Yeah. Yeah. And you see her like break a window at this bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we are go crazy right stuff into, all around. <laughs> we'll go right into reckoning. So there's oh, no, a- sorry. Mercy. Reckoning mm-hmm. was the name of the halo episode. Oh. So, <laughs> I think the most important takeaway from this episode was finding out that Q may be in fact dying. Yeah. He, he's at the end of, uh, he calls it a lifetime. Yeah. He is perceiving it as, uh, approaching the unknown. Yes. Um, but it does seem like he's dying. His powers are waning and stuff like that so and even Guinan says to him because he does finally show up to Guinan yeah and he even says to Guinan or Guinan even says I thought all the Q were immortal and he basically is like yeah me too (laughs) Um, it's kind of crazy yeah we don't know why Q is mortal or running towards the end of his life yeah but he is um do you have anything you want to say about like the FBI thing or? Um, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like it would just kind of be rehashing what happens in the episode. I'm still like, and I, I don't necessarily want that to be all that we talk about. I still just don't know what the point is yet. And I don't yeah. mean that in a, in a negative way against the show. I mean, it like, it's so hard to figure out Q. Well, there were so many times where Picard and Guinan are being questioned by this FBI guy. And he is convinced they are both aliens, Mm -hmm. which we know Guinan technically is an alien. Picard is not. He's just from the future. And they are very focused on the fact that they were at this um, event for the ship. Yeah. And 
why are they trying to stop it? I feel like there were so many opportunities for them to be like, we're not trying to stop it. We're trying to keep it going. So I think it, because I, I thought about similar things when, so there's an instance where the FBI agent is um, telling Picard, basically like, look, here's the deal. You can tell me or I turn you over to other authorities and they do things in a not so nice way. Mm-hmm. You know, basically torture and things like that. And I was like, yeah, but like my perspective is so Picard could sit there and choose that moment to be like, okay, here's what's going down. I'm a human from the future, you know, lay it all out, being truth, being 100% honest and trying to explain that they're trying to make sure that the mission, that the Europa mission uh, or Europa shuttle, whichever it is, whatever it's called, goes off without a hitch. And that's their point. Mm -hmm. But is that guy going to believe him? And even if that guy does, is the next guy down the line going to believe him? Are they going to just be like, oh, well, if your, you know, intentions are good, then we'll just let you go. Like, you know, truth or not. It well, doesn't seem like it'll make much of a difference, but ultimately, by the end of the episode, he does yeah. kind of tell him, and the guy ends up. Well, it's because the guy comes in and he has a box of his stuff because he got like he got go. fired basically because he told him, "Oh, they're not aliens. We have to let them go." And apparently, he's cried alien before. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and we we have two more episodes of Picard. I think so, but we also see um, Gerardi again. She runs into Seven and mm-hmm. Rafi. Rafi. And I don't know why I'm having such a hard time with names today. It's just anyway, an off day. And she like chokes Rafi. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't kill her, which Rafi and Seven both are like, that means Gerardi's still in there. Mm-hmm. Because Borg show no mercy. Yeah. But Gerardi would. Um and we see that we only see Gerardi as the Borg Queen, like fully black eyes. It looks like she's not in there, but clearly, like I just said, she is because she Gerardi or Rafi's not dead. Yeah, she she's able to exert some force in the mind, but yeah, but it, so it's probably Gerardi, a struggle. It seems like Gerardi's teaming up with Soong because he has yeah, Bor- the Borg Queen is the teaming Borg up queen. with Soong. Yeah, is teaming up with Soong because he has what she needs to basically. Yeah, basically start the collective. <laughs> start the collective. Her, I don't know. If, well, start a new, her collective. Start assimilating. Yeah. And so they get all these like ex special forces and they're going to raid the ship to try to take it back over is what it seems like. So that's pretty much where we end the episode. Um, we say goodbye to Guinan. We're pretty sure she's done now, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and yeah, we have two episodes left. I think there's ten. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to wait and see what happens from here. I mean, there's still, well, eight, nine, and ten. No, no nine and ten. Yeah, just nine so and ten. So I feel like two episodes is enough time to get us to the point. But we also don't know when season three comes out. We have no idea what it's going to be about. Yeah. So... Um, anyway, so the very last thing we watched, which is actually not the last thing we watched, but the last thing we'll be talking about is the Batman. Yeah. So the, the new Batman. Well, yeah, I think it's the only one that's called the Batman. <laughs> yeah. I, think I don't so. know if one of the other ones is anyway. So 
there's you know this movie's not brand new there a lot of people have said their points of views on it and stuff like that already so i don't think we need to go too hard into it at the end of the day so i think that it is a very well-made movie i think they achieved their goal um to the letter if that's what they wanted Mm-hmm. my stance on why I'm not like foaming at the mouth for this movie is just cause like, and I said this when I saw the trailers, just like I kind of already got my, what if Batman was in the real world scenario with Batman begins in that trilogy. Mm-hmm. So this one, like, I don't know. I just, I want more of the, like, I don't want to say ridiculous, but the, the comic book version of Batman, at least as I remember, or better yet, like the, the Batman, the animated series Batman. Um, but I do want to say that one of the things that I did absolutely love about this movie, which the other movies, I don't remember ever giving it this much time and credit, but actually making Batman a detective. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. It was nice to see Batman kind of figuring things out mm-hmm. again. You know, um, I agree with Joe. Um, the acting was superb. Yes. All all across the board. Everybody. Um, I enjoyed Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah, he did a great job. Um, I really loved uh Zoe Kravitz mm-hmm. as Catwoman, Selena Kyle. I don't know if they ever actually call her Catwoman. They just call her no. Selena, I think. Yeah. But either way, I loved her. Mm-hmm. Loved Paul Dano as the Riddler. Colin Farrell obviously unrecognizable but still like every single person was good we did Mm -hmm. not know john totoro was yeah i had no idea he was in it (laughs) i don't remember seeing him from the trailer but also it's been a long time since i've seen the trailers so i'm not 100 percent sure but he's great as always yeah but the movie was so dark Mm -hmm. and there were a couple times where i was watching it where i was like i can't watch this because of the way the Riddler was doing things. The way he radicalized. Yeah, and it just his felt followers essentially. A little too much like real life for <laughs> me right now. Um which that's fine. That's probably what they were going for. Yeah. Social commentary, but um I don't see myself watching this again yeah i was gonna say like this is one of those where it's like i'm glad i watched it but i don't think i'll see it i'll be sitting around and be like i want to throw that on and that's not because it's not a good movie i think they did a really good job and they achieved their goal yeah it's just it's not what i'm currently looking for in a batman movie it's really not what i'm looking for in a movie to be honest like i'm just i mean we we (laughs) we rewatch things all the time mm-hmm. and i've rewatched the dark knight movies quite a few times it's been a while but you know we we watch those a bit mm-hmm. um i've rewatched even the other batman movies even batman forever yeah nothing wrong with a little cheese yeah uh but i just don't see myself wanting to rewatch this one because it was like I said, in moments, just a little too much for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, wonderfully executed. And yes. it's, you know, like I said, it's not us saying that the movie is bad. It's just not no. our kind of movie. Yeah. I I definitely think that everyone, especially Batman fans, 
yeah. should watch a lot, it. A lot of, I found it very interesting. Yeah, it's getting, you know, from what I saw there, I haven't seen a lot of negativity about it. No, most of the negativity I remember seeing was before when they first announced Robert Pattinson as Batman. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, yes, if you take Robert Pattinson from Twilight, I can understand. Well, the thing is, a lot of people just don't know about his indie career. <laughs> yeah, they don't know about his work and the amount of work he's put into his acting career, mm-hmm. trying to distance himself. distance himself from Twilight. Because the thing is, I think as a person that liked Twilight, the actors did with that movie exactly what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't blame the actors for the writing. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think that's all we really have to say about the Batman. Yeah. Uh, and on that, I think that's it for this week. I think so. So, in our usual awkward fumbled <laughs> sign-off, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. We will. Thank you. Bye.